the words of Carol's lips and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. To be fair to the others who came with me yesterday, <coughs> Rosie's got a little story to tell you and Marianne's got a quick story and I've given them a minute each. Really just because I thought you wanted us to share something. <laughs> okay, all right. So um, there's a new leader in... So that, that central hall, they, that's where I got married. That's, that's where I used to go to church. Um, yeah, I got married there. Um, and um, there's a new leader that's leading the church that meets there. There's a, a couple that are in leadership. And the, the chap shared an encouragement they'd had, um, which was just phenomenal. And it really stirred me in, in my spirit. So hopefully it'll stir you as well. So he, a few years previously, he'd led... He, was hoping at least that he'd led this chap to Christ, um, to, to Jesus, and that not long before, only a few days before he died. Um, and apparently this particular guy was very dignified looking, very well dressed all the time, and um, uh, and he had a name. Which, which I've forgotten. It doesn't matter at the moment. But um, Roy. And somebody, so they were struggling in their lead, you know, new in the leadership and they were struggling. And um, somebody else in the church, um, an older chap, came to him and said, I've had a dream. I had a dream of somebody, a very well-dressed, dignified man standing outside your house. And he was calling out to you, it's all going to be okay. And um, then he just said, does this name mean anything? And he got the first name right, and the second name, it was either Wood or something else. He said it was, and, it, and one of those two that he offered was right as well. And, and you just go, oh my goodness, that's amazing. And in, it was two encouragements for him, really, because it was encouragement that, yes, he's gone to heaven, that, that he had been led to the Lord, and he, that he'd been sent in the, through this dream, through this other chap, to encourage him that it was everything was going to be all right. So it was just. They gave all the churches yesterday two minutes to feed back. I mean, can you imagine? She gives us one minute. <laughs> anyway, um, last week, if you remember, I talked about guarding your gates. If you haven't heard the talk, it should be online. Do, it's a good one. Um, <laughs> and it's about, it was about declaring who God is in difficult circumstances. So you guard the gate of your life through um, positively praising, acknowledging who God is. Yesterday, there was an interesting um, bit partway through the day. Sorry to twist that, Carol. Um, a chap called Les talked about the fact, and I think he's probably a leader and pioneer somewhere, but I don't know, and Carol doesn't know where he comes from either. So, um, He was talking about a book that he was reading about Abbey Road and the music that they, they produced. And he referenced Gracie Fields. And he said that... Um, when Gracie Fields sang, her voice was so powerful that the German army said it was like the power of a hundred spitfires. As she opened her voice and sang, something happened. And he went on then to say that he believes there's a, 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 we're approaching a time now for new songs and that a, a, a real power is going to be released. So it's not like guarding your heart. It's more about guarding your community, your city. Mm -hmm. 
it has a much more wide-reaching um, effect. And he talked about each church writing their own songs, having their own sound, and allowing that sound uh, to go forth. So spiritual warfare through music. We know that's happened in the Bible where the army used to send out the choir musicians at the front. They always used to get shot first. Not shot, probably arrows first. Um, but it's, it's this whole concept of the power in, in worship that seems to be a bit on the rise at the moment. So keep singing. Great. So, <coughs> oh, I don't need that, do I? I'm mic'd up. So, you know, I've been at this retreat, and you know that I went to Southampton. But last weekend, I was at a wedding. Wendy will show you the photograph. More than happy to show the photograph of the wedding. But because it was in Brighton, I stayed in South London with my cousin. And when I'm in South London, I go to, um, just only because it's 11 minutes away from where she lives by car, I go to a vineyard church. And it's great because you just sit back in the order. You've got no response. Mayhem could be going on, but it's nothing to do with you and sort of thing. And so I went there and it was their Vision Sunday and they talked about something. They talked about something that I had talked to leadership team about in the beginning of July. And then when we got to the leaders retreat, Ness talked about something. Now, I'm a bear of very little brain, but even I can work out when God's saying something. Three different places, two different churches, two different streams even, because um, vineyards like us, but not like us. And in July, in a leaders' meeting, I charged the team to seek God about why us, why here, and why now? Yeah? What was the unique thing what is Dayspring's unique contribution to the building of the kingdom of God in this place at this time with these people? Right, so I'd set that at the beginning of July. And then I got to this vineyard meeting, and as I said, they were talking about it as well. Now, since the pandemic, we all know things have changed. It was quite interesting at the retreat they got all the churches that had less than 50 people to come up to be prayed for. And half of the people went forward to pray. We are not the only small church around, even just within Pioneer. There are lots of churches and they prayed for us. And Ness and praying over us was talking about it's the quality, it's not the quantity. It's the quality that's important. And New Community Church, which is where you just saw there, said that they've lost a third of their people. Some people have gone elsewhere. Some people have just gone online permanently. Some people have just drifted away. So they've lost a third of their people. But one of the things Ness was saying was that we, meaning Pioneer, are not about building mega church, but about building missional churches. And the reading that they used in both the vineyard church and in uh, the retreat was Esther 414. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. 
that you and your family's father's family will perish. That's a bit sharp, actually. Basically, if you don't do your job in the place you are, your family will perish. I'm not going there. It needs more thought. But who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And it was such a time as this was the phrase that came up in these various places. <clears throat> the Lord made sure he had the right person in the right place at the right time in Esther's story. Now, Dayspring does not look the same as it did 10 to 20 years ago. I'm sure if you go round, lots of churches were saying they don't look the same since the pandemic, and they probably don't look the same to what they did 10, 20 years ago. People leave, people join, people move for jobs, people go off to uni. And then there came the pandemic. It wasn't a surprise to God, okay? The pandemic came as a massive surprise to the world, but it didn't come as a surprise to God. He knew what would happen. He knows what is happening. And he knew who would be part of the church here, now, at this time. I think when you talk around, the reason they called out the churches with less than 50 people was because a guy from a very big church up north had said he'd sat with various people and lots of people said, my church is very small, my church isn't very big, my church is little sort of thing. And he felt that that was actually almost like cursing yourself by saying we're small. I mean, it's true, we spend a lot of time focusing on we need more people because... We need more money because. We need more energy because. And all of that is true. To do more things, we do need more people, we do need more energy, we do need more money. But the Lord's decided that this group of people should uniquely be in this place, Derry Hill, at this time. Right? You may just think, I've just chosen to come along or whatever. But the Lord has got a plan. He knows who's going to be where. Even when you apply for a job and you get a job somewhere new, he knows about that. You know, it's part of this. And for such a time as this, God has put his people in the places where they find themselves. And because we're called... Now, I've always struggled with calling because I've never felt particularly called to do anything. Okay? I didn't particularly feel called to sort of leave the children's work. I didn't feel particularly called. I didn't feel particularly called to leave the church. It seemed to be circumstantial, but I don't think it was circumstantial to God and God's plans. And because we're called, we shouldn't be afraid because the Lord will give us the help and the wisdom we need for the situations that we find themselves in. And also, church isn't a costa where you can get the exact variation and combination of coffee <coughs> that you want. Sorry, I'm a tea drinker. Okay, but you understand the analogy. All right. And Ness, Ness said that she'd been praying about these things and she felt that God had said, you don't get a designer church. You just get the people I, the Lord, bring to you. 
All you get is to be part of what I, the Lord, am doing in this place. Right? So you don't get to choose the design of your church. There's bits around the edges that you can fiddle with. In some churches, you can fiddle more than in others because you haven't got set rules, etc. But you get the people that God has brought to you and what the Lord's doing. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to tell you two stories, not because they particularly fit here, but I just want to tell you two stories. I talked to some people from Latimer Church, which is like in the shadow of the Grenfell Towers, another one that says they're a very small church, and they've just lost their building. And uh, Tanya was saying that probably half their church is special needs, and the other half of the church are probably, um, they've got lots of mental health issues, they've got lots of poverty, and it's not a particularly big church. But she says she don't know what's going on, but there's some student church in Cambridge that is telling its graduates when they leave to go and be a resource to other churches. She says she's got these young 20-year-old Cambridge graduates who are coming and saying, right, what can we do? I thought, yes, I want to know the name of the church. <laughs> she didn't know it, unfortunately. But yeah, I thought like, you know, Macedonian cry, yes, send me 20-year-old Cambridge graduates, yes, because they earned money, right, and they got energy sort of thing. But anyway, that was Latimer Church. Then the other one is, tiny. this really is a tiny church called Authentic Church in a village in Norfolk. They, the village is the size of Derry Hill. It's about an equal number of people. You get louder and then get to turn off. That isn't me, is it? No, that's right. Sure. Um, <laughs> They, they felt they were called by God. They, they felt they were called about 20 years ago, but it's taken them this long to actually do it. And they were just about to launch at the beginning of the pandemic and had to do it afterwards. So they've only been going less than a year. And for the first few months, they preached to each other, right? This husband and wife team. Literally, they preached to each other. They stood up on a Sunday morning and they did it as if they were preaching to a large number of people. Welcome, how nice to see you. They recorded it. And they actually got on to be a series on, um, what was the network I told you? The UCB. UCB, Christian Broadcasting. And he said, I swear they thought we were a much bigger church than we were, because it was just him and her preaching to each other. But in a village the size of Derry Hill, it has slowly grown. So they've actually started to meet in the, in the, in the village school. And they had 20 from the village over August. So they really are a much smaller church and tiny. But... It was just that sense of encouragement. They were the right people in the right place doing the thing that God had given to them. So like Esther, God puts us into positions and situations for his purpose. Esther's not the only story. If you think about the story of Elijah, Naaman's servant girl, Daniel, they were all the right people in the right place in the right time. The circumstances may not have looked good, but they were the people that God needed there at that time. We are part of God's plan and purpose here in this part of Wiltshire at this time. Not just us, right? It's not just unique to us. The fact that, you know, you've got two different churches on two separate days in the same week talking about the same thing. It's true of all the churches. If God's blessing the church, he is blessing the church, capital letters, not just our church. So whatever small interactions, conversations, activities we're involved in, we always come from a unique perspective, always. doesn't matter whether we're just 
chatting to our friends and whatever, because we know the end of the gospel story. But we have the privilege of bringing that end of the gospel story into the now, where we are in this place at this time. We've got a lot of quality people. Even if you don't feel that you're a quality person, we've got a lot of quality, even if we haven't got quantity. We've got a broad range of life experience from missionaries to uh, industry to work situations to the, having children, broad range of life, broad range of church experience. Pioneers just about next year to celebrate being a pioneer group for 40 years. And I was thinking, I was 17, 18 when I... I used to go to Cobham seven years before that because my next door neighbour was one of the... son was one of the elders in what was then Cobham Church. So I knew Pioneer before it was Pioneer. Vast range of spiritual experience. A vast range of skills. They thought they would pray, somebody was praying for me yesterday when Rosie was doing some physio on my shoulder. <laughs> she went, oh, I thought you prayed for me. No, she's actually just doing physio. Range, range of skills. Huge range of spiritual gifts. If we truly believe that God has a plan and God has put us here at this time, then we've got a responsibility. Like Esther, we can't remain silent. What it says, if you remain silent this time, relief and deliverance, the Jews will rise from another place. Right? We are part of what God wants to do about bringing the kingdom of God down to earth here at this place at this time. So we all have a responsibility. We all have to seek God. We all have to pray. We all have to exercise our gifting. And we just need to focus on three questions, really. The first is, well, question actions, really. You need to discover your fit and purpose for a time such as this. None of us are too old, too young, too inexperienced, too worried or too unmotivated to find out how you fit into God's plan this time in this place. Just remember the fact that every time, this will mean anything to those of you who don't know, but Ruth Richards was an elderly lady who died at 93 um, in the church. Every time I visited Ruth, I would leave her with a list of topics and people to pray for. She always, we didn't see her for the last two or three years of her life, but she always felt connected because she was doing something for the church. Yeah? There is no level at which you can operate that if you're doing it to God, doesn't help God's kingdom. Second thing is to discover what day springs fit and purpose for a time such as this here locally. That's more difficult because that means we've got to come up with some plans and things like that. But just a little thing we're doing is that the, um, I don't know who they are, but Derry Hill's got a group of sort of movers and shakers, sort of the gardening club, the 
Jubilee Committee, it all seems to be the same sort of people. They've decided to have a Christmas tree lighting in the village and they're going to have stalls. And Dewspring's going to have a stall and we are going to have giveaways for the children, a craft activity. I've got a fantastic strength game that Paula gave us me to do with men to get men to come in. We're going to have our TV out there, we've got electricity running, etc. So that at least the village know who we are as opposed to what they normally do, which is walk past the window going like this. What is going on in there? As they walk past with their dogs, etc. Small thing, don't know what's going to happen. Maybe nothing. Maybe it's the start of something. Then we have to discover what Dayspring's fit and purpose for such a time as this is in the wider Wiltshire context and to the ends of the earth. We all need each other's insight and wisdom to feed into our plans. Discover your fit and purpose. Discover Dayspring's fit and purpose for here. Discover Dayspring's fit and purpose for the wider, for the county, for the what to the ends of the earth. Dayspring has a mission to reach the least and the lost mandated by Jesus. He didn't mention us by name, okay? He didn't say Dayspring you have, but it says, I'll find a bit of paper. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. I'm sure those of you that Bible scholars can probably say it out loud. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, saying you to the disciples, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always to the end, very end of the age. One church was telling us, again, a small church, they had to have a discussion in their leadership meeting about actually how many people can be baptised in a morning? Oh, that we had that. Oh, that we had that. So Dayspring has a mission to reach the least and the lost, mandated by Jesus. And we are full of all the power of heaven meeting earth to do it okay so let's believe. in a moment or two we're going to pray as just before we do that let's have a little think about what struck you you might want to uh, uh, tell somebody near you uh, what you managed to pull out of that what's with you at the moment and what Carol said. So thank you very much, Carol, for that. What was the thought that struck you? Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> 